Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Sexton, episode 53. Wow. wow. Today, what are the right steps to start property development? We have a lot of people new uh, listening to this podcast. We thought it would be a great topic for people wanting to know what right steps should I take? So again, joined by the amazing Bob Anderson, let's jump into episode 53. Welcome to episode 53, one of the right steps to start property development. Before we get started, giving away a copy of Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed. Of course, Bob's picture, one of the authors in this book, along with plenty of others, he says go straight to page 121, where it's all about property development. That's where he thinks you make the most money and why not. But today, giving away this copy to Mark Kohout. So Mark, this copy's on the way to you. He just joined our community. Great to have you on board. And I'm um, looking forward to getting to know you even more. Alrighty, so what are the right steps? Oh, well, first of all, thank you, Bob, for giving up <laughs> giving up your morning. My valuable time. You're extremely va- – in fact, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Remember – so most of you know that Bob and I, we live together. We, we had somebody ask us once, they're like, there's a lot of energy going on in that podcast. So I'm like, yeah, well, we're together. Okay. The, I was reading to Bob this morning the difference between, I wrote it down, uh, information is what you can get anywhere, but advice applies to you and is what you paid for. And you just said your time is very valuable because you have such valuable advice to give away or to give out, Bob. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, the internet's free. And like you just said, that's the difference between information. You know, it is the information age and, and plenty of information out there, but... What, but advice, I, I mean, that's specific to the person. And in, in terms of advice on property development, it's specific to that particular project, that particular site. Their uh, circumstances. And their circumstances, yeah. And, you know, information's fine, but it's just general. And, uh, mm. yeah. So, thank you. Yes, my, my time's valuable, but I'm more than happy to spend it on one of your podcasts. Yeah, so advice. And I was reading something, I think it was about, Henry Ford, but I don't know. I, I should get that story because it was a great story. But anyway, let's jump into this. Okay. Uh, what are the right steps to start property development? And let's have your spiel on this one straight off. Well, I, let's spin it on its head and okay. say, what is the wrong step to get started in property development? Because I see that a bit. Yes. And I know you have too. And my, my golden rule is don't start too big too soon. And... You know, some people have this dream, uh, have a dream, I should say, and, and that's great, you know, to have aspirations. You might, your dream might be to be the next Harry Triggerboff, who, uh, who owns Meriton, if you don't know. Harry's, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> Harry's a, a very big developer, uh, owns Meriton. Done, like, I wouldn't know how many dollars worth of projects Harry's done, billions and billions and many, many billions. More but than you. Way more than me. I wouldn't even uh, I wouldn't even pop up as a little dot on his radar, but... Um, you know, that might be your dream, might be your aspiration, uh, but where do you start? And too big is not where you start. And for what are the, what are your reasons for that? And I've got my reasons. So you tell me your reasons that people shouldn't start too big. Oh, well, look, one of my reasons is around money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is just around skill, I guess. So, um, I mean, in terms of, in terms of money, obviously, the bigger the project, the more money you're going to need. Now, it might be 
pretty cool. You might have $5 million sitting around the bank and therefore you could afford to start bigger and you could, you could afford to make mistakes because you've got all that money sitting in the bank. You know, if you, if you lose a million, well, you've still got four. Uh, but not everybody's like that. And, and, you know, what I've seen sometimes is people that, that try and go too big too soon uh, and, and who don't have that money. Well, that's okay. You know, the solution's always investors. But the more money you need, the bigger the investor needs to be. So if you're doing a small project... And let's, let's say you really didn't have hardly any money at all and you're going to use an investor and share the profits. Well, if you only need, say, $400,000 because you're just doing a little splitter or whatever it is, well, lots of people have access to $400,000, you know, line of credit, money in the bank, super, whatever. But if you're doing a bigger project where you need $4 million, well, all of a sudden there's not a lot of people walking around that have got $4 million in the bank. And if they did, well, they might be doing something a bit bigger with somebody with more experience. Or playing with Bitcoin. Oh, well, who knows? They can, how to turn four million into one. Yeah. Uh, or one into four. And you just got to get your timing right. But um, yeah, so, and then so they've got to think, well, I've got to do multiple investors. You know, the only way I can get my four million, I need, uh, you know, 20 people with 200,000 or something or whatever it is. And then, you know, it's a lot harder. And you've got to get legal if you're going to raise capital like that. And then it's just, and then you've got to find, you know, 10 or 20 investors. And, and I've seen people just shoot too big a goal too soon and just around money let alone skill um so yeah that's that's that'd be my primary reason and, and i've seen it happen plenty of times so what's your take on it i love people to have a big goal and a big dream and strive for something and you and i do that ourselves you know we have things that we want to achieve we've got like so many things in the pipeline we're not just your average property developers or property development educators or whatever you you know under those two umbrellas we've got a you know things that we strive for but it's about having that big picture but starting small because when the picture is too big it's very difficult to take any action because the, the the road the map there is too hard to see and that's where just doing something smaller to start with is much more achievable and it builds that level of confidence and it builds that level of of it's a muscle you know mm. it's, it's a confidence muscle it's a practice muscle and it just teaches you like you know you don't go and build a retirement village straight off you really start with something small that your that your brain can understand and can can see is happening I knew I knew you'd have a twist on it to do with you know just psychology in the brain and, yeah. and that's always the case yeah yeah, so I was actually talking to one of our mentoring students yesterday and they stepped up to a bigger project from what they were doing. It's got a commercial component, it's got a residential component on the top, it's got residential in the back and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're excited about the prospect of doing something a bit different, you know, commercial, residential, mixed use and doing something bigger. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're like just a little bit fearful only because it was bigger but then not really because they've worked their way up to it. And probably also just adding to that, Bob, and it's not really a plug, but potentially see it as one if you wish, she knows she can call you. I mean, she did mm. the mentoring program how many years ago and they did very well, but you know, she knows that at the end of the day, she just has that person she can phone up for, what was it? Not for, uh, not for information, but for advice, because mm. for that advice that applies to her. Yeah, and specifically to that project because yeah. it's mixed use, the parking's all different, uh, you know, it's a little bit on the edge of the planning scheme, so yeah. So we find that people, 
Um, and would you agree, well, you'll say we, the royal we, well, you know, people join at different stages. Some people have already done something and realised uh, after hearing Bob talk about how he teaches it, realised that they could definitely do it better, uh, not lose so much money. And, and we just we do talk to so many people that say, oh, gosh, I wish we'd done it. Even last weekend we had lunch with some people and they were saying, oh, we really wish we did this earlier. But mm. that, there's that whole just doing it well, well, they've already done one, and they want to do one. It, do like, it better. Do it, it better. Yeah. Yeah, and then eventually scale up. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that's that's. I mean, as you say, people join our program, particularly our mentoring program, at, at all different stages. Yeah, you know, a lot of them are new people, haven't done a property development, and they want to make sure their first one's good because you know what happens if your first one's not good. No, you don't do it again. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but you know we've got people in a mentoring program that are, you know, building as, as builders, not as developers, but contract builders building, you know, high-rise apartment blocks. Uh, and, that, and so they're coming in on a different, a different stage, if you like, uh, looking for different things. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, majority of people just want to get off the ground and do it, do it well, build confidence. And that's a lot of the people we talk to uh, are beginners in property development. Mm. Or sometimes we find people that have done maybe one or two mm. but not done it well enough. You know, they, they realise they've made mistakes. They realise they, they left some profit on the table. I, I knew you were going to say that. You always say that. They left some money and they left some money behind and it, yeah. they could have done it better. Yeah, I mean, and it's not insignificant. I mean, if, if you were due to make $400,000 profit and you made mistakes – and and you, and you made two hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, that's that's worth celebrating, mm. making two hundred and fifty thousand. But you know, the other side of it is you could have made another hundred and fifty or another hundred if you'd done it better. Mm. And uh, that, that's not insignificant either. But um, yeah, so we do we do meet people at all stages, and, and some of them have bigger dreams. Some of, some of them are already on their way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also what happens is when you're on your journey, you're sometimes the right steps you might not know what the what the end goal is you might not know where, you don't know where that's going to take you but it can eventually once you've done one like when a great testimonial last week somebody said and now I'm living my dream because he's full-time developing and so for some people the end goal is full-time developing for other mm. people it's you know having a couple of developments running or even one at a time, just running alongside their day job, if you like. So they have a nicer lifestyle or, you know, they... So yeah, just <laughs> building for the future or whatever. Yeah, heck yes. Some people's jobs allow a lot of spare time. Yeah, well, you know, just sort of casting my mind around, you know, who, who we know well. And look, some people are professional people, are doctors. We've had a number of doctors in our program. They don't necessarily want to stop being doctors. But obviously, you know, a lot of them, when they've been around a little while, they've got a good income, ex- excellent serviceability, they've got assets behind them. They love property. Doctors love property. And so they might do a project or, or two on the side. Yeah, but they don't necessarily want to give up uh, practising as a doctor because they see, they see that as their life calling. Uh, or, or they see it as down the track a bit, perhaps, you know, exiting the medical profession. Now, that's that's just an example of people who, who are happy enough to keep their day job. Mm. But then we meet a lot of people who are unhappy with their day job. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's just so many people in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I, you, I, you know what cracks me up is that doctors practice. <laughs> like, well, that's not right. They P- shouldn't be practicing on us. Y- yeah. You, you practice the piano until you're good at it. Yes. You don't practice on people. But anyway, we're, well, actually, we're I'm not so sure about that. Uh, 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 
Yes, sometimes people have a job that, they, that they're really not happy with. Mm, yeah, mm. And so getting out of that. But then I was thinking of even, you know, closer family to us. Some people's jobs allow a lot of spare time, allow them time to do research and allow them because the job doesn't actually take up. Even though they're at a destination they call work, uh, they have that time availability while they're at work. My mind always gets cast back to a chap called Ross, and you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Who developed... I think it was six or seven townhouses at Byron Bay while he was working full-time in the mines at the top of uh, Western Australia. Mm. Remember? Yes. And, and he did it in his uh, in his lunchtime and after work because being in Western Australia, he was uh, two hours behind. So, you know, he might knock off at five o'clock, which is really three o'clock East Coast. Yes. So he had a couple of hours to deal with his project on the East Coast over the phone and, and at lunchtime. And even because of daylight saving, he would have had an extra hour. Oh, yeah, well, New South Wales. Yeah, 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 he would yeah. have. It could have been a three-hour difference. You're I right. think we've talked about this before. Oh, mm. my gosh, I'll never forget meeting him. He came into a, one of the three-day workshops and we were having a mentoring uh, party afterwards. So we went down, had a bus and went down to the Barossa. Mm. But he turns up looking like a homeless guy. <laughs> he's got, he he's wearing like these... Shorts that were too small, he might have put on a bit of weight. I don't know. I hope, you, I hope you're not listening here, Ross. Oh, and he knows we love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's an yeah, amazing guy. And he was wearing a T-shirt. He's carrying a Coles bag with, like, his phone and a pen in it. And he and he came up to the Pair room. Some thongs. And he's, yeah, exactly. Real vagabond. Terrible. And I, and I said, I thought he was in the wrong place. It's like, oh, this is the property development. He goes, yeah, g'day, Bob. And I was like, oh, my goodness, excellent. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so, you know, all, all sorts of people. But I, I guess the thing is there, you know, he, he, he managed it. With a full-time job, very demanding, totally uh, remote, the other side of Australia. So, look, if you want to do it, you can, but, you know, that's... And he's moved on from that as well. It's taking the right steps. Like, my Mm. current development is in Western Australia, which is kind of ironic. But from there, as soon as I can, I'm pulling the money straight out of that project and I'm into another. So, it's a, you know, that's part of being on the right journey as mm. in, you know, refinancing and, you know, getting extracting because it's a, a keep strategy for this one. And it's that is right now the right step for me to take because everybody's step is different. And some, you know, initially you've got to, for most people, it's develop and sell to build up your wall chest, as Bob talks about. But there becomes that point where you can start holding and, you know, good developments but and, you know, refinance. And we've got some mm. other people doing similar stuff to that. Um, yeah, and that works, doesn't it, Bob? Yeah, well, one, one of my regrets, I, you know. I was just going to go I've down the no road regrets. of, yeah. Yes. That was a tattoo, I was going to get the no regrets tattoo. Never got it, but anyway, that's okay. But um, Seriously. <laughs> on my forehead no one of my regrets i'll say it is that i didn't keep enough property early in my career there you go there's a tip guys i was i was young and you know making good money developing and selling and uh you know moving doing doing pretty well i should have kept more of the stock i developed yeah when i think now i mean i, I did subdivisions and build houses that i that i sold for fifty thousand mm. dollars, you know, when I first started, mm. I mean, those houses would be worth seven, eight hundred thousand now. Mm. And I, I, pro- I probably maybe couldn't have kept my first few projects because mm. I needed more money, uh, but I could have started to keep more then. I didn't wake up to it till later, mm. uh, because I, you know, like in fairness to me, I've got to find an excuse, there wasn't much education around then. Yeah. This is early 80s, you know, mid-80s. 
Uh, my dad was a spray painter, panel beater, so lovely guy, great work ethic, couldn't teach me anything about finance or money. And I just, you know, as we know, just did it as best I could. But, but that's something I should have done and wish I had. Do you know what, even going there, you often talk about your dad. He was all about the family. He provided everything for you. You were the first family on your street to get television and things <laughs> like that. So maybe the story that's running behind, because we're all driven by the stories, we're all, and we learn our stories you know, from our, from our upbringing, like you're saying, you're not knowing, because you're such a giver to your family, you were always about providing. And, I mean, you know, your children have had a lifestyle and horses and motorbikes. They've had an incredible lifestyle. And maybe that's that came from there. You know, the selling was to provide a lifestyle uh, for the, the family. Yeah, Would you the, say that that well, was the family, the family came later. Um, you know, this is back in my, my earlier days. Oh, right. Uh, but but, but like, then from then around that time? Well, yeah, by the time I got married and started having kids, I, I had worked it out a bit better that, oh, you know, okay, to, yeah. to, hold, to hold some stock. But, yeah, li- I mean, lifestyle, well, as far as getting off the subject, to me, lifestyle is a combination of two things. It's money and lots of it mm. and the time to, to actually enjoy it. Mm. Either one without the other is not a lifestyle. And, and mm. so that came a bit later. And we get the cash from the ones we sell. Uh, we get long-term growth from the ones we keep. And, uh, yeah, well, lifestyle is whatever it is to you. Everybody's mm. got their own definition mm-hmm. of what a good lifestyle is. But, but yeah, I mean, how do I get onto that? Not sure. <laughs> but, we, were, but, we were talking about your regret was not holding stock um, earlier for hmm. longer. Yeah, and I think that came out of the back of saying, well, look, for most people, you need to sell your first few projects. Yeah. So that's probably how we got there. Mm. Uh, because often what we're short of is is capital. Mm. You know, if we have a look at everybody, you know, 3,000 people, whatever it is, plus, you know, done property mastermind development course alone, a lot of those people, <coughs> excuse me, when they're, when they're starting off, uh, they, they lack capital. Mm. Now, if they're too lacking in capital, that's fine. We get investors in up front to help us out. Once we've got enough money of our own, we might not do that if we don't want to. Uh, but that's why often, you know, we might sell first two or three projects and then by our third or our fourth one, we're going pretty well and that's when we, we might start to keep it. But it, it, it's an individual thing. Mm. You know, if you, if, if you started doing property development and you already had $3 million in the bank, well, you could start to hold properties from first project as well, sell some, but keep some. Mm. And like even finding investors, Bob, that's a that's an interesting strategy in itself. And we do cover that. I'm actually thinking about running a little bit of a short course on that because I work a lot with people who need help on it. So if you are interested, maybe reach out and let me know. It, it will just be a short course on how to get investors, how to set yourself up, what you need to say, that sort of thing. I do the investor, like, what would you call me, the investor well, liaison? Yeah, you do, in, for, in our projects. Yeah, so we, uh, we've we actually got an event this Saturday in Sydney. So if you're free this Saturday, which will be Saturday the 18th of June at, from 2 to 5.30, Bob's going to talk about joint ventures and and just understanding you know, what a joint venture can be and how to make that work. But somebody rang me yesterday and said, I can't make it, we'll be streaming it. I said, no, the weekend after we are doing Melbourne and it will be recorded, that will be a different one. So that that could possibly be something that's and available. in between that, we're in Canberra with a slightly different but related thing as well. Exactly. Thursday the 23rd in the ACT. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So all about investing and how to raise capital and that sort of thing. So where was I going with that, Bob? Well. Oh, the fact that... 
Oh, put how to learn how to put investors together so you can do a property development. Yeah, and and you're saying that you're going to put a program yeah. together. Yeah, so if you, anyone is interested, send me an email because I, I will let you know if or when I get that together. It will whether it's just an online thing, but it'll be live, of course. I know people like that. Uh, yeah, just let a, me know. A lot of people, particularly when they're starting out, they stumble a bit there. I mean, they yeah. know they got to get an investor, but uh, you know they're not. What's the approach? I mean, what do I? What story do I need to tell? Mm. You know, what sort of words do I need to say? How do I get their confidence? Mm. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. There is a lot to it, because you're, you're you're a communication expert as well as a uh, <laughs> yeah. personality profiler. So you could probably you, you could customise it for uh, all the different people you talk to. Absolutely, because it's about talking to people in their language, and people need to understand that. Uh, you know, anyway, that's another whole topic that we won't it go into topic, right now. I'm, I'm keen to see you uh, build build that. Yeah, I think it'll be a great. It was just from a conversation that came yesterday from who was it? Sh- uh, Cheryl actually. Mm. Her name was Cheryl, and she lived very north, uh, not near a major city, so it was difficult for her to be able to come on the weekend, and she wanted to know, so that was how that came. So there you go, Cheryl. If you're listening to the podcast, maybe you'll be next week's book winner. Um, So, Bob, can I ask you another question? When you started out, you know, you like you said, there was no education. There was very few people doing what you did. What was your dream at the beginning? What did you see and then where did you start? So what, what was your end result that you wanted? Yeah, so, so I came to a conclusion I wanted to be a property developer. Mm-hmm. That came out of a, an accident where I was on my back for a long time, had a lot of time to think uh, and reorganise my life. I decided I needed money because that's what I virtually had none left of by the time I recuperated. And, and I looked at property, I looked at shares, I looked at all sorts of stuff and I decided on property. Mm. And then I thought, well, okay, well, who makes the most money in property? Because it was all about making money for me at the time. And well, he had like $5 left and he's living with his parents. Yeah, I did. I had to. It's pretty destitute. Oh, I was back home. I was, you know, recuperating from an accident. It took nearly two years. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, but it gave me a lot of time to think. Yes. And, and I decided on property. And then I, I decided on property development because I could see they're, they're the people that make the most money out of property. Mm. And okay, so I made up my mind going to be a property developer. I wasn't sure, you know, how or where. I looked around, I looked around for courses, uh, couldn't find anything about property development. I, I found, you know, a course on becoming a property valuer and uh, I even went down that track for a few months and realised that wasn't going to get me there. So so I moved I moved uh, to the Gold Coast. I lived in Brisbane prior and, uh, and I thought, okay, got to get the leg in the market and that was real estate. So yeah, I had a, I had a, a vision of I wanted to be a property developer. I wasn't really clear on what that meant long term. You know, did I did I want to you know build a big property development company and become famous and have all you know staff of a hundred, or whether I just wanted to, you know, do property development and make money? And and really, my dream was do property development and make some money because we always think about what we're lacking when we're hungry. We think about food uh, when we have got little or no money. We think about money and lack. Well, not concentrating the lack too much, but how we're going to get it? Mm. Come up with a plan, and it was that simple. And so I got into real estate because at least there was a leg in the property market. So there wasn't a picture of, yeah, okay, you didn't have a big, you just need, I need to get into property development. And you started off on smaller projects, which is the recommendation that we started with, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't have any education about goal setting or, you know, the stuff that, had I met you then, uh, which would have been impossible, almost. (laughs) Might have been. I was in another country to start with. Well, in another country, in nappies, yeah. (laughs) Stop um, But aside from that... Um, I was definitely out of nappies just. 
Okay. <laughs> Into those little kimbi, kimbi things. I don't think they had those things back in those days, Well, <laughs> I think they, it was only cloth nappies. Oh, that would have been, yeah. 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 But um, so, yeah, I didn't have the big vision, but I was hungry. Mm. And I knew I had to do it. Mm. And it was just my hunger and determination that got... I did have a bit of a plan. I mean, I mean I knew, at least I knew what I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, and and I had a rough plan of how to get there, although it was quite indirect because I couldn't find a direct path. I had to go indirectly. Yes. It's, I mean, there's so much has changed from them. You know, it's, it's available to way more people to do. You kind of carved a a path very early that wasn't available, was it? I mean, you did something uh-huh. unusual. Well, it was learned by trying to reverse engineering things. You know, I'd look at a finished property development and try and work backwards. Well, how did it start? Somebody bought a block of land and somebody ended up with three townhouses or a four-lot subdivision. Mm. Like, how, what's all the stuff in between? Oh, my God, Bob. How much money do you think you left on the table over that time when you had to bumble through it? Oh, y- yes, sometimes a lot. Yeah. Do you uh, wish you knew? Do you wish that you knew the future you back then? Like you could call it. you up. How good would that have been? <laughs> oh God, yes. I, I wish. Yeah, well, we, we sometimes. I have this funny dream sometimes that I'm going back in time, and you know, like, what would I? No, it's, it's not a negative thing. What would I, would I have done differently? But what might might I, might I have told myself mm. that may have resulted in, what in something would, different? What would you have told yourself? Well. In those days, I one of the things I didn't realise is that markets change. I came into it on a rising market and I did well and I didn't realise, I didn't even understand property markets, mm. you know, that they don't always, and this is on the Gold Coast where you have big swings, you know, big, we've up, just big had ups a big, and big downs. We've just had a big swing now, so yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when it tipped and went the other way, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. And so I had to tread water fast and and like get through and i did because of my did you look like a duck like floating around on top I cool as a cucumber so much, but was... underneath it like <laughs> going nuts. legs going like crazy yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and uh so, so as a result i mean a mixture of determination the will to succeed the will the will not to fail mm. and you know a lot of that goes back to you know a bit earlier than that in sport um so yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, but that's one of the things I didn't realise mm. is markets can can change. And that's possibly going to happen now, Bob, because as we know, like we started off with information is um, available and everybody's an expert and everybody loves to give advice and tell people what to do. But we've had so many people become very well off or successful due to such a rising market. Hmm. But that doesn't mean, well, that markets exactly don't, don't that's not normal what we've just been through and understanding that is yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, you know we, it was obvious that we weren't always going to have you know interest rates in within the twos mm. and we weren't always going to have a market that jumped you know 20 plus percent in a year yes Th- those things are aberrations uh and they're not necessarily market forces mm. I mean, that big jump we had in growth, particularly in, you know, late 2021, that wasn't an organic thing. No. It, it, it was created by man <laughs> or a government or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, so you have to be adaptable. I mean, getting off the subject of probably steps, but, but yeah, it's not always – it doesn't remain the same. We, we're going into higher interest rates. What's that do? Well, there's a lot of other things other than higher interest rates to look at. You can't just concentrate on that. You've got to look at supply shortages. 
you know, even during the last few months, City and Melbourne have gone back a little bit on in terms of their their average, you know, dwelling values. But then the other cities have still been trickling mm. up, pretty much. Canberra had a month of going backwards. So you know, there's a lot more to it. Supply, supply and demand. You know, oversupply. Inflation, yeah, it's going up a bit, but it's been extremely low for so long, and that that can have some good effects as well. Ah, uh, yep. And not every not everybody complains when interest rates go up. You know, there's people self managed uh, superannuants who who they're have, stoked right now. Who have yeah yeah. I mean, they've been flogged having money in, at a ridiculously low interest rate. Now they start to to go up, and you know, yes, it affects development. It affects people with mortgages. But half of owner occupiers um, don't have a mortgage, uh, so you know it's it's a bigger story than just interest they, rates. Than just what they say on Channel Nine. Yeah, exactly. there's a bigger story than what Channel Nine talks yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, adaptable. But you know, in terms of you know what are what are the right steps to get going? My biggie is don't start too big too Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Have a vision. Have a goal. And and have ha- that big picture up there. Yep. But start. Have on it on a, your vision board. Yep. Meditate on it. Uh, but. Think bite, about it. Bring it back to bite-sized pieces, and that might mean starting with a splitter or a two-lot subby or a three. Mm. Mine was a four-lot subdivision, my very first one, which some people might say, well, that was a little bit ambitious. You should have done a two. But the thing is... You I, had a mentor. Well, I did have a, somebody who guided me through that, and it happened to be the landowner, and they also uh, taught me how to do a fender finance deal. So I did that four-lot subdivision with no money of my own. So, you know, call it luck. Uh, but you know that's that's it. It was it was a small project, and eventually I did build my vision. Mm. Yeah, you got to you got to there. Hey Bob, thank you so much. I think that was uh, some really good information, really good tip. At what are the right steps? Uh, definitely think big, start small, and all the other information around that. If you're interested in the courses we have to offer, check out propertymastermind.com.au going through a little bit of an overhaul the website so it could be really exciting to look at it's not that it's it's pretty good already also if you're interested in learning about investments that we have available you're welcome to email me hillary or sorry admin maybe admin at propertymastermind.com.au we have uh, things available that you might want to be involved in so and we have plenty of people that are interested in that we have an ebook too you can download and it explains how uh, being a property developer by being an armchair developer, making good money, is a possibility for some people. On if, the investment side of being in a property development. Yeah. yeah, so if you're interested in any of those things, you're welcome to reach out uh, by email. The links will be below, or you can just remember this if you're driving and think, like I do often when I listen to a podcast, oh, what was that again? But anyway, look us up uh, and find out what we have to offer. Thanks, Bob. I think that was really useful. And um, we look forward to next week's podcast. And I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about. Secret. It's a secret. All right. Catch you soon, everybody. Bye. Bye.